When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, and welcome to another Arseblog Arsecast, right here on Arseblog.oleole.com. Coming up... Some minutes of some of the most somethingest stuff you might never have heard before. Yeah. So, welcome to another Friday and welcome to another Arsecast. Uh, coming up on this show, uh, we've got some of the usual suspects. A man in the bar will have a player history. George is here with a tale of the unexpected. As well as that, we will be getting some of your thoughts on the ongoing transfer saga involving Andre Arshavin. Uh, we'll be looking back at the whole game, ahead to the Cardiff game, getting some of the team news. We'll be looking at what's happened midweek, uh, particularly uh, with regards to the reserves. That involves Jack Wilshire and Eduardo, who's making his comeback. And, of course, there is some shocking, shocking news about um, Emmanuel Abue. It's truly shocking and quite heartbreaking, I have to say. Uh, but we'll come back to that. We'll go back now, if we might, to the whole game last Saturday during which I had my first pints of 2009. And jolly good pints they were too, and lucky pints, as it turned out. I, I suspect that we wouldn't have won that game had it not been for those pints. And possibly Robin Van Persie can take a little, little bit of the credit as well. Just a little bit now. Um, But uh, yeah, 3-1, a bit of revenge, I suppose, for the game that uh, we lost at, at home earlier in the season. Uh, we went ahead, as we did in that game. Emmanuel Adibayor scoring a header from Robin Van Persie's corner. So we went in at halftime and went in 1-0 up. And then, of course, we let in a goal, which is uh, something we do rather too often. And a silly goal, too, and really, really strange. Uh, very, very poor defending. Um, if you were to look at a player on another team doing that, you'd be going, shit, that guy, is, he is, he's clueless. He doesn't know what he's doing. And Gel Clichy is obviously suffering a little bit uh, with his uh, form at the moment and maybe his confidence uh, because the ball came all the way across the pitch to Mendy. Clichy didn't make a challenge, didn't try and win the header, didn't try and stop the ball get, getting to Mendy. And when he did get it, he just sort of backed off him and backed off him and, and didn't go to the ball, which is really odd and a very, very poor defending. Of course, he threw a leg out at the cross. It deflected off him onto the head of Daniel Kuzan, uh, who planted a header past Almunia for his second goal against Arsenal. So, um, yeah, it was stupid. And goals that uh, like that we've been conceding all season that could easily uh, be avoided. Lack of challenge or lack of good defending uh, has cost us too many goals this season. And it is a worry regarding Gail Clichy, but I suppose one of the things you'd say about him is that he is a, a very committed player. He always gives you 100%, uh, apart from when he doesn't go in to tackle um, an opponent. Uh, 
Well, you know what I mean. You know what I mean. I hope uh, that this sort of run of bad form and bad luck will will be just that, a run of bad form and bad luck, and that he'll come through the other side. Uh, so 1-1, one, one, and we were a bit rattled. And, of course, you get a bit scared because we've been in this situation before, not least against Hull, where they score sort of out of the blue. Giovanni's goal at the Grove was a rather wonderful goal, but it was as out of the blue, I suppose, as, as Kuzan's. And you're thinking, oh, fuck, shit. Uh, so so at that point, I decided to have some more lucky pints, and uh, that's kind of what got us back into the game. Uh, maybe the manager might say, well, you know, I took a boue off and I put Bentner on. That that had an impact, and he's right, too. And Van Persie, of course, will be looking to claim some credit, as, as I mentioned. Uh, the second goal, um, Van Persie set up Nasri. Nasri took a touch or two, waited, and planted a brilliant shot into the into the bottom corner. It was a fantastic finish, and I'm really, really liking Nasri a lot. A lot. Uh, he's obviously going to get better, I think, uh, as he gets used to English football. Uh, but so far, six goals this season is very good indeed. Van Persie set up Bentner then for the goal uh, that sealed the game. He was perhaps a little bit offside, Van Persie, but uh, offside decisions have gone against us. In the past, haven't they? Yes, indeed. And Van Persie seems to be quite good at getting offside and uh, not getting the flag up. Maybe he's got some kind of cloaking device, which would be rather uh, unique. Nevertheless, he set up Bentner, who side-footed home and made it 3-1. Bentner could have made it 4-1 as well um, when, he had the, uh, when he had the chance to hit the, hit the post. So, three points and various results nearly went our way. But as it stands at the moment, we're only six points behind United, who do have a game in hand. But we're only six points behind the leaders, despite how weird and kind of crappy our season has been, particularly pre-Christmas, obviously. But we're going well, and we're on this uh, unbeaten run, and momentum is carrying us through games. Uh, So, yeah, it's hard to argue with what's going on at the moment. We're not necessarily playing the most convincing football, but we're, we're racking up the results, and that is the main thing, uh, especially as Aston Villa have all the luck in the world at the moment. A handball goal and a penalty which wasn't a penalty while they were down to 10 men. Jammy bastards. You just have to hope that their luck will, will run out. Um, so we'll wait and see, but it's all getting very tight at the top. And of course, our next league game is against Everton uh, next midweek after the uh, after the FA Cup game. So we'll uh, touch on that a bit later on as well. Now, the main thing that's been going on this week is the uh, Andre Arshavin saga. And basically, it's uh, gone from a situation where we all thought that uh, Arsenal uh, officials were flying to Moscow for whatever reason. We should have. That should have given us a clue, really, shouldn't it? When they said, uh, we're going to Moscow to discuss the transfer of a player who plays in St. Petersburg. It did seem a bit strange at the time, but maybe, you know, we said meeting in the middle, but uh, no such meeting took place. Um, Andrei Arshevin is now praying to God on a regular basis to allow him to leave Zenit and join Arsenal. Uh, God doesn't seem to be paying an awful lot of attention to him because it's uh, Gazprom and, and Zenit that, that hold all the cards here. Not even God can do anything about it. Arshevin's agent has said that uh, Zenit are barbaric. And Zenit say uh, Lecter is not taking part in negotiations because of this. He simply does not know all the details in the process of negotiation. And in this sense, his comments should not always be trusted. And he should shut his fat fucking mouth. More, I'm just, you know, that's more or less what they're saying. Um, 
however, as Zenit have said, it's uh, it's not simple, but it's moving the negotiations. We hope it will reach its logical conclusion. Meanwhile, uh, Peter Hill Wood says, uh, we've made our final offer. So they can like it or, you know, they can lump it. One or the other. So the um, the saga continues. We obviously want him. We're prepared to pay X amount. Zenit want X, Y, and Z. And we're not prepared to do that. Uh, so... Uh, Zenit have said well, there's a deadline of the 26th, which is, what, three days away now? Because if if it's not done with Arshavin, we want to buy somebody else. Uh, so it's all a bit up in the air still. So um, I asked you on the blog yesterday for some of your thoughts. Should we tell Zenit to stuff it? Should we look elsewhere? Should we pay them what they want? These were some of the voicemails. Hi, this is Zenit calling from Nigeria. I don't think we should be um, such... Money for Ashevin is not worth it. I remember how much we sold Thierry Henry and how much we sold um, Vieira. That's why the fact that these guys were proven professionals in the Premier League before we sold them. So for me, the price the Russian clubs are asking for is just too much. Look, we can all understand the fiscal rectitude thing that we don't want to pay over the odds for a player. But it remains the case that Arsenal are just the world's worst shoppers. We don't close deals. Man United do it. Everybody does it. We need a player like Arshavin, and we should be paying the money. Who will remember in two years' time how much he costs? We can afford to make a mistake. We badly need new players. We need to get that deal closed. And Arsenal fans want Arshavin. We need him now. Hello, mate. Arsenal really needs to concentrate on other areas of the pitch. Whilst I want to see Arshavin come to Arsenal, he ain't going to solve our problems. We need to go and buy a world-class keeper, or one that is a damn sight better than our Munich, is at best he's average. Beyond that, we need a centre-back like a Vidic or a Martin Skirtle, and we need a centre-mid. But that's what we need to concentrate on. Arshavin ain't a necessity as much as I'd like to see him there. Cheers, mate. Oh, hi, Arsenal. Garrett's Carroll in the southwest London Guna. Um, just one thought on the Arshavin um, Auli deal. I wonder if it's purely coincidence that everything seems to be going swimmingly right up until the day when it was revealed that Man City were not going to be buying Kakar, and if that had anything to do with things suddenly getting a bit sticky around the um, Auli ones likely transfer or not to the beloved Gunas. Hello, Arsh blogger. This is Dave from Weymouth in the United States. I'm just calling about this Arshavan business. Not quite sure why we're so up on getting him. He's certainly not our primary need. A Vieira type defensive midfielder seems like it's something we could use. Let's hope for the best, I guess. But our priorities seem a little off. What in Northbrook? Um personally if they're trying to play hardball, I'd leave it. I don't think he's a player that we actually need. We're not exactly short on attacking, floating in the hole, striker options, to be honest. I think we still need that steer in the midfield. And personally, I think uh, we're chasing a player that's not really been on the on the, uh, on the the footballing map for eight years. I mean, he's 27, 28. And you would have thought if he was that good, that he would have done something something already that would have got Wenger's attention, but obviously not. Uh, so in answer to your question, uh, if they want us to go up with the extra man, no, I don't think we should. Hi, Blogs. This is Brad in Detroit, Michigan, United States. Um, i got to say that uh, Arsenal needs to stick to their guns here on this uh, Archivan deal. Um, 
they uh, the transfer market's just out of control right now, and, and to let uh, a team uh, take advantage of the situation is, is just going to make things worse down the road. You know, it's uh, soon you're going to be playing or paying uh, 30 million pounds for uh, you know a Division three player. I mean, we gotta we gotta stick to our guns on this one. We can find someone uh, just as good uh, for a much lower price. Well, uh, in my opinion, as a replacement for our shaving, you've got to be looking at A, Mikel Arteta, or B, uh, available as a snip, I'd have thought, Jimmy Bullard at Fulham. Can't be too bad suggestions, I think. Let's go for it. But um, my own opinion is that the our shaving deal is going to probably go through. Cheers. All the best. This is Don from Birmingham, formerly from London. All the best, guys. Bye. Hi, Ask Blogger. About our shaving. If I was Wenger, I definitely wouldn't buy him during the January window. The reason being that uh, any signings that we do make, I think, won't actually make a difference to our season so far. I mean, not everyone's going to be a Nazarene come in and score so many goals and be a real benefit to the team straight away. It's going to be that breaking in period. And maybe during the summer transfer, see if he's still uh, around and then uh, maybe you can go for a lower price and get a better, a better deal. In answer to your question, if we don't get our shove in, I would like us to go for Jimmy Bullard from Fulham and also try and get for Hangerland for about 10 or 12 million and we get two players for the price of one. I think that would be a good deal. Thanks. Hello, blogger. This is Olakunle Williams from Lagos, Nigeria. Oh, this transfer saga has to be the craziest. After Julio Baptista won, you know, it's just crazy. Oh, man. I just keep staying awake all night praying to God, let Ashvin come to Arsenal. It's crazy. I'm I'm going crazy right here. Ah, but you know, you just have that feeling that, you know, Andre Ashvin would be the difference in us winning an FA Cup and still winning the league, because I still believe we could win the league. <sighs> crazy, crazy, crazy. Ashvin. Oh, well, that's global. We just have to hope for the best, you know. Bye-bye. So there you go, and thank you all very much indeed for the phone call. Sorry I couldn't get to all of them, and those of you who are featured, some of you might notice that bits have been taken out, but I have tried to keep the sense of what you were saying, just sort of edit them to keep the uh, the time down a little bit. So apart from maybe the second guy, I think, who was quite adamant that we needed Arshavin, nobody else is really that gung-ho, or nobody is saying we need to pay over the odds for him. Uh, a lot of people think that we could spend the money in different areas, that that kind of player might be more a necessity than than Arshavin. And I think, you know, obviously everybody would like to see him, but, you know, nobody's going to be too upset if he doesn't arrive. Uh, and I have to say, I would be a lot more um, unhappy were this deal not going through if, for example, uh, Arshavin was a Flamini-style central midfielder who I think we've needed since the beginning of the season and who we need even more uh, in the absence of, of Fabregas. So I think I will be a little more upset if it didn't happen. If it happens, grand. If it doesn't, meh. I don't think I'm going to be that bothered, to be honest. Uh, we've got Walcott on the way back. We've got uh, uh, Nasri playing well on the wing. So if we do buy Arshavin and, let's say, Rosicki comes back, we've then got four players competing for two, uh, two positions on the wing, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but you can't keep four players like that happy 
it means somebody's got to leave. Uh, so I, I don't know whether whether he's a luxury or not uh, remains to be seen, or whether we get him or not remains to be seen as well. So we'll see. Now, before we go and do other transfer news, uh, particularly this story regarding a uh let's have a player history from the man in the bar. Hello and welcome to another player history right here on the Earth. Cast a strange old week it's been for football, hasn't it? Spurs are after paying £14 million for a guy that was worth £2 million about three weeks ago. Manchester City have spent £18 million on a guy they could have got for £2 million in the summer. And yet another manager has spent millions and millions of pounds on Craig Bellamy without having him killed. But that kind of money you could have him tortured and everything, it seems a bit strange to waste all that money. But I suppose the one shining light, the beacon of goodness, is AC Milan's Kaka. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. To turn down Manchester City's millions and millions of pounds. And it just goes to show that there are some principles left in the modern game. And there are some things that money cannot buy. For example, if someone was to say, I'll give you £100,000 to perform oral love on Margaret Thatcher, you'd be like, no, Margaret, no. I mean, I'm just not doing that. I mean, there was a time when I would have done it for nothing, but you know, the lady has aged somewhat. Anyway, this week we're going to do an old player history about a fellow who played for Arsenal, of course, and who played for Ireland, and he had an Italian name. His name was Terry Mancini. Now, I do exhaustive research, I'll have you know, when I do these player histories, I don't just make it up as I go along, exhaustive research, I pour through old library books and everything, so I was reading around about Terry Mancini and he didn't really know the Irish National Anthem and this came as a bit of a shock to him when he made his debut, he didn't know which song was the Irish National Anthem. Even though we were playing some Eastern European country where their national anthem is... And the Irish one is more like... So how could he not know? But this wasn't the most shocking and devastating piece of news I found out about Terry Mancini. When asked by an Arsenal website which team he supported as a boy... He said Tottenham Hotspur. 
Indeed, to make it even worse, when asked, which current player do you think you most compare with, he said, John Terry. A John Terry-loving Tottenham fan? Oh, Jesus Christ, I mean... Some people go a bad way in their lives, but, you know, they try and keep it quiet. You don't go telling people about it. Anyway, nowadays, Terry Mancini has put all that badness behind him, and he works with animals in a kind of a Dr. Doolittle style. He is known throughout the world as the Anteater Whisperer. It's true? We'll have more from the man in the bar on an Arscast in the future. Now, uh, more transfer madness surrounding Emmanuel Abue this time. It turns out, apparently, uh, that uh, we've told Atletico Madrid no. Uh, they wanted to sign Abue. And some guy called Franjo Vrankovic, who is apparently Abue's agent, is quoted as saying... We received an official request from Atletico Madrid, which was passed to Arsenal. I have the facts from director Ken Fryer, who wrote to me to say they are not interested in the offer. Then I received a call from Arsene Wenger, who invited me to go to England to start negotiations over a renewal. I see no possibility that the player will leave Arsenal. No, no. This can't be true. This just It just can't be true. Maybe it was just too low. Maybe that's what it was. Anyway, I had a look around for this guy, Vrankovic, and FIFA on FIFA.com. They have a list of all the licensed agents, uh, and he's not on it. And I had a look around. Google says he's uh, the agent of some guy called Costa and a, a Croatian striker. Some young guy, I don't know. So it's quite an impressive stable he's got there. Some young Croatian, Ibue, and uh, some Portuguese defender called Costa, of which there must be about 9 million Let's face it. Now, honestly, I have to say, I think we'd be quite mad not to take money for a bue if it was offered. I can kind of understand if this offer came in and the manager didn't really want to sell because Walcott is out and, you know, a bue is, is kind of the guy that plays there despite how poorly he plays there. So I can kind of understand him not wanting to sell him now. Kind of. But I, I'd quite happily sell him to anyone, not even a football team, if they gave us some money for him. During the whole game, Ibue, in the time he was on the pitch, made a total of 26 passes. Precisely 13 of those passes found an Arsenal player. That's a 50% completion rate. The rest of them were either straight to hole players or hacked wildly into the crowd or out for a goal kick, or a corner to them, or something, is not very good. Danielson, who gets a lot of criticism, uh, made something in the region of 57 passes, or 56, 87% of which found an Arsenal player. So it's a much better ratio. Um, a 50% pass completion rate isn't it just not very good. And I know it's now a bit taboo, maybe, to criticize Ibue after what happened. Well, the, the basic fact is that he's just not very good. And maybe that's another reason why we should really think about signing Arshavin. Because it removes him from that right wing position. Well, until Arshavin picks up a six-month injury. Uh, anyway, we'll wait and see what happens with that one. But it is uh, sad, sad news indeed that that transferred move has been rejected. 
better news in the week was was Jack Wilshire, who played for the reserves, and all eyes in the reserves were on Eduardo. Uh, and Eduardo uh, played the 90 minutes for the reserves and has come through it and has now said, I am ready. He says, it's been a long time since I played 90 minutes, and now I feel better knowing I can play a whole game. I feel much stronger than I have, and I'm happy now. He says, I think I'm ready for the first team, but you would have to ask the boss. Of course, I want to come back quick and strong. Uh, every game is a big step, blah, blah, blah. But he's ready and, and happy to get back, and that's good, uh, because he gives us another option up front. Uh, everyone uh, was looking at him during the Stoke game to see uh, what he could do, and it was Jack Wilshire who scored a quite marvellous goal, a brilliant, brilliant goal, uh, with the outside of his left foot. A lot of people uh, reminiscing and saying it reminds them of the goal that uh, Liam Brady scored against Spurs. Uh, all that curvy goodness on it. Uh, and uh, to me, I think Jack Wilshire would be a reasonable option for the right-hand side. I don't see Jack Wilshire playing against Hull, for example, and giving exactly 50% of his passes back to Hull. I just wouldn't see him do that. Maybe he's not as, he's definitely not as experienced. Uh, but he's 17, and he's obviously a very, very uh, exceptional talent. And we've seen the manager put exceptional 17-year-olds in the team on a regular basis before. We saw it with Fabregas. And there's nothing to suggest that, that Wilshire is any less talented, uh, despite the fact he plays in a different position. So in the meantime, I would be quite tempted to play uh, Jack Wilshire, particularly in the FA Cup game, and uh, going forward a little bit as well. I know we're getting into the business end of the season and you want experience in the team, etc., etc., but, you know, what good is experience when you keep passing the ball to the opponents? So that's uh, that's something to look at as well. So Jack Wilshire uh, pressing, I think, uh, for inclusion in the first team, particularly in the squad. Uh, and uh, Eduardo on his way back too. He wants to come back. So it's down to the boss when he's going to play him. So we'll wait and see. Now, a tale of the unexpected. <laughs> Welcome to Tales of the Unexpected on the Oz blog, Ozcast. Hello, my name is George, and I've got another tale of the unexpected for you. This week I spent my time in Washington, D.C. It's been truly historic, I can tell you. And to celebrate, I was over trying to sell a range of Barack Obama glove puppets to Granny Maid. She's good with the old darning and sewing and stitching and what have you. And a few of them, I'd Happy Obama, Sad Obama, Frightened, Oh Jesus, look at the fucking state of the mess that other cunt has left me in Obama, and Dinosaur Obama, who I christened Obamasaurus Rex. Sadly, people were too busy jumping up and down to Garth Brooks music to buy glove puppets. Ah, uh, I've a whole heap of them left, so if you know anyone that wants any, just give me a shout. Anyway, while I was over there, I was reading up on the Arsenal, you know, to see if we'd made use of the transfer window. And it turned out that Arsenal were involved in a protracted transfer bid for a player, with the club looking for more money than Arsenal were prepared to pay. Well... That was unexpected to me. And if you hadn't noticed, I'm being sarcastic. 
Another tale of the unexpected on an Arscast soon. Now, coming up on Sunday, uh, no league action, of course, because it's the FA Cup, and uh, it's a tournament that represents, I suppose, our best chance of silverware this year. So I think uh, the manager's going to play a reasonably strong team. However, he does have to bear in mind that three days later, midweek, we go to... Uh, Goodison Park to play Everton. So I, I wonder if he might just change things around a little bit uh, in terms of the FA Cup game. We might see Aaron Ramsey, for example, get a game in midfield. Wilshire, as I mentioned. And up front, maybe Vela or maybe uh, Bentner might come into the team to give Van Persie and Andy Bayor a bit of a rest uh, against uh, against Cardiff. However, I suppose he's got to get the balance right, doesn't he? Because, like I said, the FA Cup is a good chance for us to win silverware this year. Uh, So he's got to think about that too. Uh, Wednesday, of course, Everton is really, really important. Uh, Everton are uh, five points behind us. Uh, They're in sixth position. Uh, We're in fifth. We're three behind uh, Villa, four behind Chelsea, and six behind uh, both United and Liverpool. uh, And United have a game in hand. Now, on Tuesday... Uh, Villa are playing Portsmouth. They're away to Portsmouth. So we need Tony Adams' boys to do us a favour there. Big time. Uh, We've got uh, West Brom playing Man United. So that's a United win, you'd have to think. Chelsea, Middlesbrough. uh, And then Wigan have got Liverpool. So there is the possibility, vague as it might be, uh, for an upset or two in the league. Um, But that's not to take away from the fact that Everton is going to be a really, really tough game for us. Uh, I suppose it is a help that they've had two Merseyside derbies in a row, which are very intense games. Uh, very passionate, and the players will have put a lot into those. Their squad is a little bit stretched, but uh, I think Everton have, what, conceded one goal or no goals in their last six league games, something like that. Defensively, they're very, very strong. Uh, So it's not going to be an easy game by any means, even though uh, they are uh, fairly short on strikers. They've got players that can score goals, uh, like uh, Cahill, obviously, who we know all about, and that big tall bloke who looks like Screech off um, Save with the Bell, Fellaini. So he should be back for that and refresh because he's going to miss both the... um, uh, the Liverpool games uh, due to suspension. So he'll be back. So it's an important week. There's plenty of good football coming up. I, I do fancy this, obviously, for Sunday. And given the fact we're on a fairly decent run in the league, I think we're more than capable of getting a result against Everton. Uh, however, it's just not going to be an easy game. So fingers crossed. Uh, that's really about it. There isn't much else to talk about, to be honest. Uh, we've gone through everything. Um, so we'll, we'll leave it there, will we? And come back next week for another Arscast next Friday. Of course, we'll talk to you uh, all next week and all weekend on the blog. So uh, take it easy until next week's show. Bye-bye. What if I was one of them? Just a me like one of them. Yes, come in. Ah, St. Peter, how are you this evening? 
Ah, Grant, you know what? Just getting over a bit of a dose, you know? Bit sniffly still, uh, a bit of a bit of a cough apart from that, Maori. Excellent. Now, uh, have you got the prayers of the day for me? Yeah, I got them right here. Uh, first one is from a little fella, uh, Black Sam or something his name is. Anyway, says he's just got a brand new job and it's going to be very tough. And could you give him guidance uh, to help make the best of the situation, etc., etc.? You know the usual crack. I see. And this job is a very important job, is it? Yeah, basically, you know, he says he's leader of the free world, you know, all that kind of stuff. Hmm, uh, well, I am feeling quite benevolent this week. It's probably all the mad sex I've been having. Yes, we'll grant that one to him. Uh, who's next? Uh, oh, yeah, 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 you like this one, so you will. Uh, two young lads come together. Uh, from the Middle East somewhere they are, not sure where. Uh, both of them ten years of age. Uh, one of them's called Jacob, and the other fella... I can't read me right in here. Uh, Mohammed. Yeah, and uh, they're saying everything's kind of a bit crazy where they're living at the moment. All bombs and people blowing up and war and all that. So they're asking if you, you know, in your, in your great wisdom, could put an end to the fighting so everyone can live in peace. Oh, oh that's a popular one at the moment, isn't it? Uh, well, yes, yes, why not? Why not? <laughs> It'll be kind of funny when they find out I'm a Buddhist, though. Right, final one, what is it? Uh, this one is from a footballer uh, from Russia, and his name is Andre. And he's saying, Dear God, I uh, don't like playing football for the team I'm with at the moment. I'm desperate to move to Arsenal in London. So if you could make that possible, it'd be brilliant and deadly. And uh, I'd be forever your great pal and servant. Uh, love from Andre. Oh, um, oh dear. Well, I was, uh, I think just the other day that I granted prayer about Arsenal Football Club. Might have been a bit longer, but you know how time runs together, I think. A young boy in Dublin, um, arse blogger. Oh, well, his name wasn't that then. It was probably Giles or Quentin or something. Uh, he, he asked me to help him get some player to play for Arsenal, and I, I, I did it. So, I mean, I'm in real danger of just repeating myself here. So, I'm afraid uh, poor old Andre is going to have to stay where he is. Right, okay. Um, right, that's it for the prayers? Yeah, that's your lot for today. Splendid, splendid. Uh, shall we go start a famine somewhere? Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.